Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast where we discuss everything you need to take your performance to the next level. On this week's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Leanne Kiernan. Leanne is a professional footballer with West Ham United in the Women's Super League over in England. She is also an important part of the Irish international team. Leanne talks about the effort, sacrifice and commitment it took to get her to where she is today. She also gives us an insight into our mindset when it comes to training and how she prepares for game day. Yeah, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you giving up your time. No problem at all. Happy to be here. So I suppose the first question is going from, and it's only a small question, it shouldn't take you too long to answer, going from living and playing in Bailieborough to playing in the Women's Super League for West Ham. Short, small jump. How did that happen? I'm not sure. I just woke up one day and bang, I was there. <laughs> no, I left there. <laughs> then, okay, look, I'm coming over. I'll play for you. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. No. Um, so I started off with Bailieborough Celtic Boys and then I played there for a year or two, maybe three, when I was very young, about seven. And then I moved to Kingscourt Boys until under 15 and then I couldn't play anymore. Baseline for boys. Was that boys and girls at the time or were you the only girl playing on? Well, I was, I was the only girl in the league. Kind of, the you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, I started going up to an Ulster schools um, training, I think, once a week on a Tuesday. Me and four of the girls would go up all together. The teacher would bring us up, Miss mm-hmm. Harley there. And um, it was like an interprovincial thing or whatever. So Wolster would play Connacht and we'd come together. But basically we trained for that. Like I picked for that. And then we, we played the tournament. And I was playing Gaelic at the time because I love Gaelic. And like I used to swim and cross-country running and everything. So soccer wasn't really a priority. It was just like a pastime, yeah. which I always loved. And it was getting out of school too, so I thought it was great, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it took up any sport at that stage. Yeah, honestly, I was at everything. Anyway, so um, it turned out I was actually all right at it. And then um, they picked me to come for an Ireland trial. But they said I couldn't go for an Ireland trial unless I had a club. So um, I had to get a club. That was the next thing. And sure, I was finished playing with the boys that I couldn't. And it was under 15 girls now the trial was for. So I went to the trial and they picked me. And I remember there was no club name on the side. I was laughing. Everybody with all these big clubs in the end had no club at all. So I joined Shelburne Ladies at a young age, 14, 15, and stayed there until two years ago. I'm 21 now today, so two years ago, 19. And then I moved over across the water. Bear in mind, like, Shelburne now, four, four and five times a week, you're up the road, especially during leave and certain that. My parents would bring me up. We'd leave at half five straight after work. I would be home around 11, sometimes 12. Depends on training sessions. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sundays and sometimes you'd even be up on the Saturday the odd time too so and that was for about four years solid of completely going up all the time and like kind of giving up giving up every other sport well, we got into an Ulster final and I remember we had an Ireland we had an Ireland trial or it was like a friendly game or something that day and I was like surely I'd be able to play the Ulster final and then I knew if I picked Ulster final that would be then the football that was that was the Ulster final with Cavan no, it was with um, Eastern Gales. We were the Pride and Bailey. Oh, Rob, also fine. Yeah. So we we done very well. I remember we won the county final and it was all great. And then that was now, that was a sad day for me. I went up and we played the, I played the trial or whatever. And I was straight away got into the car, rang the girls, see how they got on. But it ended up winning. Yeah. And just, it, was, it was a massive achievement for like the likes of Bailey over here. Yeah. I knew that would be the last time I'd 
put my hands in the gear with ball. And how did you feel about that? What age were you then? I was, um, it was minor, so I probably would have been about 16. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Because I suppose when you're playing up, especially the likes of Billy, that's completely all your friends that you surround yourself with. Yeah, no, obviously, um, it was a sad time for me because, like, even at soccer training there, I'd pick up the ball and I'd drop, kick it into the net before training and I'd start and I'd do a few solo and chimera in between people because it's just a natural thing when you're brought up, you know, yeah. around the sport. But, um, no, I knew I knew I could always come back to it and I could always like you see girls there in Baylor playing and they're after having four kids and they're still as good as ever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I know that I can always come back where shock, soccer is kind of short lived. So I said I'd make the most of it now. I remember my dad said by the time I'm 18, I'll make the senior international team. And I was thinking, not a hope in hell, but I'll dream about it anyway. And didn't I make it at 17 and I turned around from, I said, you're wrong. I met it a year before you said <laughs> But um no. It's it's been going well so far and I suppose the move over to West Ham was a massive thing for me and only for the likes of Shelburne and Kingsford Harps and Baylor for prepping me along the way I wouldn't have got there. And um I suppose a lot of people think, Oh Jesus class, I'd love to have that, but you gotta realise like you sacrifice everything I now my social life wouldn't be the best. I'm here, it's my fucking twenty first and I'm heading off for five K run, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not, it's not all, it's not all great, but like, obviously I love to train and I love like, I love going outdoors and practicing kicking a ball and that, so I'm happy enough what I'm doing. That sacrifice, that must have been even harder, I suppose, growing up, because you were saying four or five evenings a week when you were still in school, other people might have been going out or going to discos or doing different things. It's, it's, was it hard when you were actually in school and at that age to try and put all that aside? Yeah, it definitely was. And I suppose, like, I'd miss the likes of my friends' 18th, which was massive at the time. And yeah. Like, even going out in general, or, like, they'd have plans on maybe a Friday evening to go to the cinema, and I'd be like, oh, well, I, I can't go out training. And, like, not for the life of me, would I ever want to miss training? I'd never miss it. And even if I was sick, I'd go up. Mm. You know, like, I wouldn't miss it, and that was it. And then um, you kind of get used to the fact, like, you you, you got to choose. You either have your social life and your fun and, and you play a bit of sport on the amateur and it's a bit of crap or you take it serious because there's no point kind of going half arsed at it, you know? So yeah. if I do that at all, and then I'll be wasting everybody's time bringing me up the whole time and then me wanting to go out at the weekends and not play it. Yeah, and I think, that, I think that's something that, an attitude that anybody that kind of makes it to the top level of any sport has that attitude of, well, I'm not wasting my time kind of half doing something. Exactly, and even like... Now, even when I'm here at home and we have maybe six or eight weeks off and I'm given a training program every day where you see I could be lying, I could be lying watching telly, but like that's not me. Like I want to go out and train and I want to be in peak time when I go back that I can perform well. And obviously you're saying about your social life, like the girls will be asking me like, oh, how many times you go out there? It must be great living in London and I'm here laughing like, geez, I wish. No, like, <laughs> I'd, um... I'd head out maybe five or six times max in the whole year. I'm not a big drinker and I wouldn't really, I like the scene of dancing. Like I danced the whole night and I was in a yeah, crowd. Like yeah. I'm, all, I'm all about that life there. But um, the drinking and the whole like socializing there, I, it wouldn't bother me missing all that. Yeah. And when you're younger, I suppose you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm missing so much. But you're not really, you know? Because when I see where I am now and where I could be in the future, that's what's more important for me anyway. Had you always that in your head that when you were, giving up them four to five nights a week at that did you always ambitions of right I'm doing this and I'm going to do it and get onto the Irish team and get to 
where I deserve to be for putting in the effort? Was it always a conscious thing in your mind? Be quiet, I'm quite stubborn. Like even when I'd be running there, I'd have to win or I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. I, I always had that mentality that if I, if I came second, there was no point going. Do you know that type of way? Yeah. So I knew that go and do my training and I, like, I put it all in for the two hours I was up there. After like you know it's an hour and a half up the road, an hour and a half back, mm-hmm. and I knew I had to put in my best. Like um, I suppose getting onto the first Ireland team was massive for me because I would have never expected that. But then along the way, when I got to like under 17s under nineteen seniors, like I got a taste of it, and I was like, I want to start. I want to be the main player every day, you know, on the pitch. So um, I suppose a lot of it, like a lot of it, as my dad would say, the only person that's going to stop you is you, and he's right. Like I could. I could sit here and not do any training, but I, I want to be like the best player I can be, you know? People get caught up in, you know, even now you're saying you're doing your training, that people get caught up in making excuses, but I just get a feeling from you that you know yourself, well, I can make an excuse and that's fine, but it'll only affect you at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's lots of excuses now and it's not nice when you're going out on a rainy day and that, when you could be sitting at home with a bag of popcorn in front of the telly now, but... Um, and you can do that, of course. You have your off days too, and you can treat yourself, whatever. But like, I get um, I enjoy and even from my head and that just to get out and go for a run, just to get out of the house. And like, it's not like I'm doing it because I know I have to. It's because I enjoy it. Yeah. And like, even people would be like, "Oh, do you get nervous in big games?" I'd usually just sit there before I go out, and I'd be like, "Why do I even play this sport?" And I'm like, "Because I love it." And like, I'd be telling myself like, "There's there's no point getting nervous then because it'll ruin what I like." about the sport so right there and I just be like right I'm gonna have a bit of crack at the pitch I'm gonna enjoy my football and we'll see what happens after that and sometimes it obviously doesn't work out you lose games you don't play well but you learn from that the next morning I'd wake up I'd go for a run I'd just get it out of my head and I'd start again fresh that that next day for training just when you do so that even following you on social media you kind of just come across that person that's always kind of acting to get a training and bringing that little bit of enjoyment <laughs> to it is that just the way you approach the sport in general and training and matches off that kind of, not laid back as in I don't care, but laid back approach as in I'm going to make the most of this and have a bit of fun? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, I'd always be acting the bag and now, even around the house. and Even in life, you know, I wouldn't take it that serious. Mm-hmm. It's always, um, I'd always find that the fun part of it. And even in training there, sure, like we'd be playing and like one of my friends there, I'd slide tackle her and she'd go head first into the ground and we'd get up and we'd both start laughing. But like, that's the bit of crap. You know, if you take it all serious, you'll never enjoy anything about life, do you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad I can bring both that into professional football and still, like when it comes to drills and training, like before training, I could be after the mag, we'd karaoke in the changing room and dancing around <laughs> and everything. But then when it, we switch on when it comes to training and then back off again and try to live with three of the girls there. She has to be noticed with a crack going on in the house. Of the <laughs> I think that's really important what you said. And that, I think people forget that sometimes. Like, you don't, people sometimes, I, I think, when they go to training, they go, okay, this needs to be serious. But as you say, you need to have that point where it's like, you can have all the fun you want. It's when it comes to whether it's the drills or the matches or whatever, when it needs to be kind of switched on, that you can have that mentality of, right, messing time's over, now it's serious business. And I think that balance, if you can get that, it's, it's really beneficial to your own training. Yes, for sure. And um, like positive attitude, positive mind, it always results in positive results too, you know. And like if you're going in and you're too serious and you're giving out to yourself about everything, and don't get me wrong, some days I'd be doing shooting drills and it might make all well and I'd be tipping myself. But I don't get anywhere from it. 
-hmm. and my training doesn't get any better the more I put myself down yes so it kind of it's just about like forgetting whatever went bad and then moving on from it and thinking about the positives even during my day sometimes I'd reflect on my day when I'm in the chilled kind of and I'd write down what I done well or like I'd write down where I want to be and what I can do and then we steps in my daily trainings to get there like practice my touch get quicker maybe upper body strength has to be better and just keep my positive attitude going because I know when I'm positive that's when I'm at my best I think the happier you are and the more you enjoy stuff the better you're going to be at it and I think even what you said there about having an idea of reflecting back I'm a big fan of reflecting back and looking at what you want to improve and having something in your head that when you go training okay this wasn't really up to scratch the weekend I can just focus a little bit more on the training now and trying to improve it for next weekend instead of just going to training for the sake of going to training really for the sake of just being there and plodding through the drills yeah for sure and even like I know myself like I know where I want to be in this sport and like I know I'm not I'm not even one eighth of the way there and I, I'm aware like I'm going to have to work hard to get as far as I will but I feel like if I keep smiling and keep like just taking it in my stride I'll get there hopefully you know I'm sure you will and you just sort of touched on it there. Before games, do you have any pre-game routine? Do you go to Atten or you just kind of take it as it comes? So we'd usually all get up in the morning in the house. When the girls would make, we'd all make breakfast. When the girls would make the, the lunch that we bring to training, we pack up our bags, get ready. I have a thing about, like, if I look all right going to the game, I'll play well. So. Look good, <laughs> be good, play good. Yeah, get the curls out and all that. And, um <laughs> No, I'm just, um, I prep myself and I just stay chilled. Some days we'd listen to music on YouTube, with some days we'd play cards, play board games, whatever, kind of just, because the day goes long when you're watching the clock and you have a game at three o'clock, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's nice just to keep busy and even do some housework or something just to get the hours going so you're not like sitting there kind of getting nervous about the game. And then we're given our match report the day before, so we know exactly what formations we're doing out of possession. So, like, you spend a good half an hour, 45 minutes looking at that. So, you know that when you're on the pitch, you know where you have to be in a defensive corner, so it's not your fault. You know, if you're a marker scores, that's going to be your fault. We don't know. So, stuff like that. Like, and it's a big responsibility when you're playing professional football and you give your whole life to it. From going from some, you know, over to West Ham to a professional setup, was there... A massive difference, a big difference, and how did you find it when you did get over? Um, yes, it was like it was a massive step, like even moving out of home here, but like the whole professional level of like that's my full time job. I need to be fit, healthy, I need to have the right food in my body that I can perform at my best every day. Yeah. And like living abroad or like people even living in college here, like you can get by eating pasta every day of the week if you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like I have to get up in the morning and need to learn like my nutrition diet was massive when I went over there first I was maybe 10 kilos lighter than what I am now and like I would have never stepped foot in a gym really once or twice with Shelburne in the week but not really that much where like I know gym is massive for me now and like I do do gym here when I'm home and I know it's it's massive for like keeping away injuries etc the first year I went over, I struggled a lot with injuries. I was skinny. I was like, my stability mightn't have been the best. I tore my hamstring, done ankle ligaments, like, like wee things like that, but would keep it for weeks at a time, which then like, I started to know that like gym is a big priority in my life at the minute, you know. At a new club, that must have been hard when 
you'd start a new club and then injuries start to creep in. I suppose, yeah. And just, I remember the first day we went over and I was sitting in the dressing room. Obviously, you don't know anybody on the team. Everybody's different nationality. Some of the guys don't even speak English. Yeah. And you're like, right, this is my new team. And when I did start, everybody was brand new. It wasn't like the team was there before. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, oh, it's like scary at the start, I suppose. You go over and like, you have to be like, you have no parents, you have no family. There's no friends here that you know. You have to start from, it's like moving to a different country and starting from scratch, you know. But um, it definitely made me more mature in my approach, even at life and even in football and professionalism and everything. Like I realised what I have to do to get to get where I want to go. And did you find, I suppose, like, yeah, just even thinking about it, moving, as you said, moving to a different country is hard enough without the added pressure of going in and trying to perform the way you know you can. Did you find that pressure kind of hard or expectation maybe? Yes, for sure. And like, um, I suppose you can say like the first day I went, the first week or two, I was very shy. I sat in the corner and the girls now said, Jesus, you never shut up now. To <laughs> 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 go back to being that shy wee girl, even though they'd be only slagging. But like, um, then you kind of, you got to realise that everybody's kind of there for the one thing. We want to do well as a team. So like, you need to bring what you have to the table or you'll just be falling behind. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, in the professional world, like, they don't cater for people that's falling behind. It is what it is. That's life. You need to keep up or you're out the door. Do you know yourself? Yeah, yeah. And the harsh reality. It's like any, yeah, it's like any job. Like, if you're not doing the figures every week or you're not getting to what the manager wants, you're no good to them, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you realise that straight away and you go in like, but it, I really do love it. And I, I like I like a bit of pressure, you know, on my back. And it makes me it makes me work harder. What would you say, because I just look in, like, in 2016, you were voted national, the Women's National League Young Player of the Year. You got in Team of the Year. And then you were Sportswoman of the Month in December. Was there anything in particular just around that time that obviously you were playing very well? Was there anything going on around the time that you just felt good about yourself or? What led to that kind of wee bit of success within that year for you? I suppose the drive. I have a um, very motivated family, very motivated parents. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do my family proud, but even I wanted to do myself proud. And I just, I just really enjoyed playing. And you get on a winning streak and then it starts going well for you. And it's just to get that going again over in West Ham. Hopefully that'll keep going for me now. Yeah. And I think, as you were saying earlier, and for anybody listening to this, I think, Having that kind of attitude of, you know, putting so much into it, that'll fill your confidence and you get more confidence because you know you have to work done. It must be a nice feeling going out onto the pitch knowing I have done as much as I could possibly do to get into this situation. Yes, for sure. And then, like, you've no doubt in your mind that, oh, I didn't do enough. I'm not fitting if I'm not going to last the game. Where if you know, like, I know 5Ks really aren't going to benefit you in a game as in like you run maybe 12k in a game you're not going to run 5k but I know that mentally when I go back now I'm running 5k's maybe two or three times a week and I know my times are middling enough mm-hmm. so I know that like that'll stand for me when it comes back I'll like I'll be running maybe 15-20k a week that I know that is going to be easy to run 12k in a game and I think that leads into as that's why you can take the approach of having a bit of fun because you're not so wound up and I think some people go looking for confidence and want confidence from elsewhere. And then you first ask them, well, what are you doing to build your confidence? And they'll say, oh, I don't know. Exactly. And um, a lot about this sport, it's like 
obviously you can train all you want and you can um, dream all you want, but you gotta you gotta believe in yourself. And you know, it's the most important thing. If you don't have belief that you're gonna get where you want to be, like there's no point even trying. How do you, or how did you, from such a young age? Was it just always your mentality, and obviously your family's very driven, but was it just something that you had all along that you were just going to, if you were going to do something, it was going to be done right? Yeah, I'd be quite stubborn like that. Like even if I want something bad enough, I I train for it. Like cross country running too. Like if I was saying if I come second in the race, it'd be like losing a coming last for me. Like I was never I was never happy until I got where I wanted to be. <clears throat> and I know with sports like this, <clears throat> excuse me, it's um it's massive with mentality and like eighty percent of the sport is mentality for me anyway. How would you when you say your mentality? Do you just have like an overall approach to playing as in when you were playing, was it just kind of your professional attitude that you kind of brought to yourself before being even involved in a professional setup that you feel benefited you when you were going into games? I suppose, yeah, with the help of coaches and, you know, role models that Mm -hmm. I would look up to, I kind of, then you get to learn and then you only really like get to learn how serious the whole football thing is until you're thrown into it. You're thrown in the deep end, you either swim or you sink, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's a harsh reality. Some people do sink and don't make it, but, like, I, I don't want that to happen to me, so I know I'm going to have to work hard so yeah. it doesn't, you know? Sinking's definitely not an option, but it sounds like things for you at anything. <laughs> I hope not. A sandwich I hope alongside you, you'd want to make the nicest sandwich. <laughs> so fine opening the batch of bread now if you're not going to make a nice one, is there? <laughs> I take that as a direct quote. <laughs> so, and just before I let you go, I think now that there's so much uncertainty around Everton with the coronavirus and the international, the Euros being put off, how are you handling all of this? Well, you can look at it in one way or another. Like, obviously, it's not nice missing football, but it's an opportunity for me to get to the fitness level I can be at. And, like, I have extra weeks training. I can take advantage of this that when I go back, I'll have no excuse, you know. I'll be fit, I'll be healthy, please God, and I'll be ready to go. And do you find it hard to get the motivation because there's so much of, so much uncertainty? Or I kind of think I might know the answer to this anyway before I ask. Or you just, it needs to be done, this needs to get done. Oh, like some days now you come home, I do work on the farm every day. You know, the pig farm, helping the family out and that. And mm-hmm. some days you come home and you're t- tired and that but then even a half nine ten o'clock if I could be like home kind of hanging around the house and it'd be just always in the back of my mind I didn't train I need to train so like some days I go out on the road there at maybe half nine ten and get me run done or do my gym session so I can go to bed saying I have it done so I wouldn't feel good if I didn't have it done and I think that's ma- that's actually a very good point because I think some people and they always say, I can't switch off, or I'm always thinking about it. But as you say, if you have the work done, there's nothing more to think about. Exactly. And like it puts you in a good position now, hopefully, when we all get back and everybody's back healthy and safe. That, um, like I know me training is going to benefit our team. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think I'm a, a big team player, and hopefully, like me at my best. And the girls, obviously, they're they're all like me and all want to train and be their best. Then we can get we can start getting good results because I know the last few results coming into this wasn't the best, and we knew we knew where we needed to be fitness level and 
etc. So hopefully we'll all benefit from this as a team. It is important for people to realise that do get maybe caught up in, oh, this is a bit shitty or there's nothing going on for another while or we don't know when it's coming. Like, sport, soccer, Gaelic, and it's, it's all going to come back. The runs you're putting in and the work you're putting in isn't going to go to waste. It's not like it's not going to happen. Exactly, yeah. And like, for some people even like some days it feels like it'll never come back yeah. because the last six weeks I've only been home six weeks and it feels like about two years at the minute but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just about um, you just got to realise like this virus hopefully will go away very soon and we'll have everybody around us when it does go away and then we'll be ready to go again and it's like it's hard now when like I was talking to my coach today and he's not sure when we'll be back and nobody knows and we're waiting on like Boris Johnson and that to make a decision before he can open the country and like nobody really knows but we'll be ready when when we're ready to go back and in the meantime your father gets an extra worker on the farm which is always good oh it's not too bad he's not complaining (laughs) (laughs) he'd be looking to keep you around for another while Leanne thank you so much for giving up your time especially on your birthday and I know now you're gearing up to go for your runs again. So thanks a million for coming on. No problem. Thanks a million, Killian, for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.